0: Oh it's no. Inside. Welcome to the Chopping Wood Inside podcast, the Twin Peaks podcast for conspiracy theorists and aficionados. I'm your host, Murphy. Uh, is, is Tom out there?
1: Hello. It's a goddamn bad story, isn't it, Hawk? Ugh, dude, that was
0: like one of the best lines, I think, of the entire season so far, coming from Sarah Palmer's mouth last episode. Uh, and wait, we're here to talk about and preview episode 13 coming up. Uh, Tom, where do you want to start today?
1: Well, for me, the two most compelling scenes in Part Twelve uh, revolved around Sarah Palmer. First, yes. when she's <laughs> buying her booze at that mart, and then at her home. Um, what? Yeah, I we wanted... could spend
0: pretty much the entire hour talking about those two scenes if you wanted to. <laughs> oh, I agree. For me, they're the coming most... back too. I think those are the ones I think that, that bear the most relevance for sure. And uh, I'm still mesmerized by both of them.
1: I agree. For me, the the most compelling visual um, of those two scenes and of that entire show, Part Twelve, was the first shot of the ceiling fan, and yes, I thought it
0: was in Laura Palmer's room, but you're saying otherwise. It's not actually a ceiling fan in Laura's room because I thought I remember a scene from Firewalker where she was like masturbating under the ceiling fan or something in her room.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> Am I so, completely delusional? <laughs> well, no, so. Okay, so the shot that we just saw in part 12 um, was the ceiling fan, which is not in Laura Palmer's room. If you remember in Fire Walk With Me, after Leland drugs Sarah's milk, he exits their bedroom, and he turns on the ceiling fan in the little hallway there. And as soon as he turns it on, we cut to Laura in her bedroom, and she like looks up and gets a feeling, and the, the, uh, the classic Lynch strobes start to... Yeah. Yeah, and she you know pulls the covers down, and then Bob you know sneaks into her window. So when we saw so does Leland that-
0: actually go turn the the, light, the fan on downstairs, like at the bottom of the stairwell, and then he walks outside and really crawls through a window, or do you think it <laughs> was just metaphoric? <laughs> I think he would have walked metaphoric. through the, the door. Right, he would have really walked what? through the front door. The well, yeah. Plus door, this,
1: yeah. the light switches on the the, and the on the second floor, but oh. the fact that Laura's bedroom door was open. Allowing us to see that was being like bolted,
0: like you know, with like you know two by fours, hammered nail, like just do not enter. Like (laughs) it was open, right? No,
1: I I I, I immediately think for me, I always go back to um, when scenes like where someone has you know died in a room or. You know the memory of a person, and you know, the room is never touched. I always go back to uh, Murder by Death, the classic movie in the seventies. When Neil uh, Simon. yeah, Neil Simon, David Nevin, and uh, uh, Nevin's <laughs> or David Niven's and Maggie Smith go into the first room, and it was Truman Capote, Lionel Twain's wife, who who died, and the room had all cobwebs and everything. So I would assume that Sarah would not go into Laura's room. That's kind of the classic. Um, you know, trope of you know why not though dying she's walking a around the
0: entire house and she has all the bad memories with Leland as well how could that you know that be any different than anything else that happened in the house
1: well yeah but Laura's room specifically I mean isn't I mean, it kind know. of
0: like she's like really like in kind a of masochistic kind of staying in that house I think that's a bizarre thing too I would have left that place because look, well, still sticking around. Obviously, some lodge entities are still there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, we did. You want to talk about... Maybe she couldn't uh, we, get
0: a good real estate price because the lodge entities would have lowered the value of the house. People probably, <laughs> like the kid at the convenience store, Like he's like, I know where she lives. I wonder why she he knows where she lives. Because <laughs> she's well, the this, old creepy like, you know, story around town. People know about it still, I would think.
1: Well, yeah, it kind of ties in. What I want to talk about is you know, maybe the Palmer House being considered a haunted house. Um, yeah, at least exactly. in the commit yeah. in the community, because what we did was after we saw part eleven when when uh, Cole entered the zone and we saw the sooties at the top of that uh, staircase. And uh, we really kind of scrutinized that scene. And we know from one of the trailers that was released before the series aired, there was a um, shot, like a static or like a, a kind of a shaky cam and some static electricity of this a similar staircase. And, and Murphy and I looked at that scene yep. and, we went back and confirmed looked. that it's, it's the same staircase. It's the city but staircase. My,
0: it's not the Palmer staircase. It's,
1: right. It's not. But I have a theory possibly that – um, in Firewalk with Me, we know that Laura received that painting from the Tremonds, and she had the dream, and she entered the painting. And the wallpaper in that room um, in that painting was also seen on the staircase with the sooties. So the kind of correlation is that that location might be that room in that painting. And what I'm thinking is possibly that. You know, not necessarily. We know there's obviously something to do with the electricity the ceiling fan. Maybe a portal within the Palmer House. But over the subsequent 25 years, that that painting is not just a painting portal anymore. It's somehow grown or Take overwhelmed, over the whole house. or taken the whole house. Where that it, that Palmer House is really a haunted house, a, a a portal. And Sarah's been dealing with a lot of shit over the last 25 years. So well I, dude, like I mean Bob
0: has been so associated with that that portal. Do you think that's the Bob portal? Like that Bob's hanging around? He's making noise in the kitchen? <laughs> making himself some yeah, <laughs> make some pancakes or whatever, Carmen Buzia.
1: Well I don't think, yeah, I don't think Bob is possessed, Sarah. I don't think Bob's presence. I if Bob's isn't. a good
0: cook. <laughs> probably not. Probably not. <laughs> probably not, no.
1: But I, I really do believe that over the the next six hours, that that Palmer household and Sarah specifically is going to play an integral uh, part in the unfolding narrative, and I think that it might very well be tied to Jackrabbit's Palace in some fashion. I think that there's going to be really some big connection um, with with her character and maybe the return of Cooper and Laura um, revolving around that house and. What I want to know specifically is that when Briggs, Major Briggs entered the zone and was hibernating there. And when Hastings and Ruth entered it, did it look like, you know, that room that we saw with the staircase or when it was, in, you know, infested or overtaken by the cities that it was somehow changed? Uh, because it doesn't seem like a, like a, a place for Major Briggs. I think Major Briggs would be in some kind of sanctuary that, That just doesn't really kind of like, you know, gel with me where his place, where where his being was hibernating. Do you have any thoughts on that?
0: Well, we kind of talked about this the last podcast, but I do agree that maybe the cities are taking over all the like good portals of the world. Like they're slowly and that they may end up at Jack Rabbit's palace, like trying to take over that place. Because you talked about last podcast that you think that someone's going to meet our fearless heroes when they go up there. Um, whoever that is, the woodsman, but maybe there is like a darkness that like, you know, the lights going out, like the log lady said. And that that's a part of it is that they're slowly taking over. The fucks are taking over the like Jacoby's talking about as well. Right, so, right, yeah. right.
1: And he made a mention in, in the last episode of the, uh, I think, a Dante reference of the uh, ninth circle of hell with uh, yeah, all the Yeah, for fucks. the
0: treasonists, you know, the treason, which is kind of, uh, you know, very <laughs> <Right>. foreboding. Harry <laughs> didn't know about the whole Trump thing, but yeah, like uh, they said, like what, like uh, several really bad, a lot of bad, like Judas Iscariot's there, like Brutus, uh, like a lot of people that have like betrayed Lucifer. So it's the worst you can get.
1: Yeah, it kind of ties into, for me, I've been really thinking about uh, the Twin Peaks community, like the scenes that we've, we've, we've seen in Twin Peaks proper and the characters um, over time, it started to feel more and more like a Deer Meadow location in Fire Walk with Me, where when uh, Desmond and Stanley visited Deer Meadow, it was really uh, kind of an inverted Twin Peaks. Um, You know, the sheriff was corrupt. The deputy was corrupt. You know, the diner wasn't, you know, well lit and they didn't have any specials. It was really the, the anti-Twin Peaks. And for me, with these 12 episodes so far, the Twin Peaks community has felt completely different. It almost feels like Buckhorn feels more like Twin Peaks than how we remember Twin Peaks. And the the original show was really about this, you know, kind of a blue velvet with you had this kind of placid setting. And below the surface, we had all these, you know, mysteries and darkness and secrets. But it seems like in, in these 12 episodes when we see Twin Peaks, everything has bubbled to the surface. And something like uh, Jacoby, like in some of the characters, like Jacoby even said in the original series, he was like, I'm a terrible person, Agent Cooper. I'm a very selfish man. But now we see Jacoby. He's actually like, you know, I'm not saying he's selfless, but he's actually like calling out the hypocrisies of our time, a la, you know, uh, Howard Beale and, and Network. He's had a change of character, just like Nadine is no longer seemingly a nutcase. She seems like you know, like she's well adjusted. She's a visionary she's got
0: her, CEO, yeah, she's got her own company. Yeah,
1: so, yeah, so. I'm just saying, there's there's a topsy turviness um, to the Twin Peaks community, and I think it's all related to the events that we're we're seeing. I'm not saying that it's an alternate timeline, but I think what's going to happen is is that the narrative comes towards conclusion. Um, with maybe the return of Laura Palmer and Agent Cooper, that the town will start to feel more like Twin Peaks. I think that that it's it's the, 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 it's out of balance. You know, Koyan Koyana, Koyana Scotty, life out of balance. And I think that like what the Log Lady said that you mentioned, the glow is fading. But some event, whether it's something at Jack Rabbit's Palace or the real culmination of this, these two narratives with Mr. C and Cooper and with Laura Palmer possibly could like return Twin Peaks to the Twin Peaks that we, that, you know, we know and love. How that would unfold, I don't know. but
0: Well, yeah, so. that probably would seem like that would be happening towards the end of the show because you sure, have got to go through sure. a lot more hell. It's going to have to get a lot, lot worse. And do you think the Jackrabbit's Palace trip is going to um, come next episode? Because, you know, was, we, were, we were watching the last episode, and I liked how they really are the amazing nighttime shots of the woods. And they had this one clearing where they really showed towards the end. They kind of focused on it. I was wondering if that was like the future Jackrabbit's Palace they were showing us at nighttime.
1: Well, haven't they had that transition of the camera kind of hovering or Gliding this over one seemed the, different. The like it would
0: go over normally, like the wood thicket, right? You know, and this yeah. one kind of went into a wood thicket. then went kind of into a clearing or some sort of. I was like, "What is this little space they're showing us?" Like, and I don't remember ever seeing that before. So I was wondering if maybe some visual clues were, were not seen because you really have to be. Because you're out in LA, and like the show comes on, and it's still daytime. You have to be in a pitch dark room to see some of the details. Uh, there and I also I'm often like too eager, <laughs> and I watch it before, so I can't see all these things <laughs> until like third viewing. But yeah, those the, the that space interests me. Do you think we're going to see Jack Rabbit's Palace in, uh, next episode?
1: No, I don't. I think that, and I thought last week that we would maybe uh, set off for Jack Rabbit's Palace. Obviously we didn't even see... And you're pushing it
0: way back. So is it going to be like the final set piece, you know what I mean? Like the final entry point where like all these guys are going to go... Like the basically the humans, like the Sheriff Department and Bobby and all of them are going to go up there and there's going to be some sort of culminative huge set piece scene at Jack Jackrabbit's Palace
1: towards the end of the series. No, I think it'll be part 14. I, I think now that part <laughs> 13, uh, they very well you're may You say it so convincingly,
0: off. I believe you, but then we keep pushing it back. Like I'm not really well, sure I know about.
1: nothing, right? I yeah. know, but I'm just like speculating. It. But I think just the, the since we haven't seen Mr. For really three episodes now, and we only had one brief scene of Cooper last episode getting hit in the head with a baseball by Sonny Jim. Actually, that the shoulder they got hit. In the shoulder. Oh, was it the shoulder? Okay, he All didn't right. really get. But, it was
0: a very CGI weird ball, so it was very strange.
1: yeah, I can't imagine that they actually physically threw a ball and hit. Yeah, you know, Cooper. Yeah, yeah I but head. I think that what we're going to get in part thirteen is the return of of obviously Cooper, uh, the Mitchum brothers, and Sizemore like melting down. And uh, you know, having to like you know, commit to knocking off Cooper per Duncan Todd's you know order, and also the return of Mister C, and maybe Chantal and Hutch. I think we're going to get a culmination, you know, of Las Vegas because I don't think Las Vegas will um, exist that's setting those characters up until the end of the series. I think it's going to have like uh, it's going to be tied up, and I think it's going to be sooner rather than later. I think we'll get some scenes in Twin Peaks. Um, and next Do you episode. think Mr. C is
0: going to show up in Vegas next episode? Like to kill Dougie? Make no. sure Dougie gets killed this time. Well, so where no, I is don't he think, then?
1: I think he's. Is he gonna pop that out? is right. It is. I think. I really think. And we talked about this. You, you don't agree Palmer's with Kitchen, me? Perhaps. <laughs> I think that. I think Mr. C. Um, he, I, he. I think he's got the coordinates now because I think he is. Whether it's him communicating with Diane, and we'll get into Diane a little bit later, and Cole and Albert. Um, but I think he now has the coordinates, and maybe he um, doesn't even need Ray. Even though I thought that's where he was heading to, and he very well yeah, your may. Session
0: with the farm is over. Are you saying? <laughs>
1: <laughs> not quite. Not quite. Not quite. Are we ever going to see <laughs> Ray again? Out. Ray
0: has Ray's been gone for a while too, hasn't he? We have I forgot to. about we him. Have to yeah. see
1: Ray. But I, and it very well may be that Mister C is headed towards Ray. But if he has those coordinates, it might be just to knock off Ray because, you know, I don't think he's going to let Ray get away with plugging him three times or twice. Let Ray get away. Come
0: on, let him go. Let the weasel go. Well, I
1: think no. I like the Ray um, character. We thought originally he was just some goon that didn't really have any relevance. And the fact that he's playing a critical role in the Mr. C narrative is for me is fascinating because I didn't even see it coming. And I want to know more. I want to see. more. Well, he's tied character. into Philip Jeffries. So
0: I want to know more about that. Cause I think yeah, we've I been led, led, we've been dangled with the Philip Jeffries thing the entire fucking season. So when is that guy going to show up if ever, and is it going to be the floating uh, head of David Bowie?
1: Well, I think that the clue that we have with Jeffries is when in part two, Mr. C was speaking with him who we thought was Philip Jeffries. And when, Jeffrey said, Well, you know, we were supposed to meet in New York. And Mr. C said, Well, you're still nowhere. And for me, that um, connotes that Jeffrey's might be living, I'm not saying within a dream, within that black box, but isn't really like a physical. Like specimen. He's not like a Mr. C. He's like I,
0: Charlie from Charlie's Angels, just like this, like, nice, <laughs> disembodied voice. <laughs> right. So So, uh, well. Giving we'll orders. Just, we'll I just, guess just, it could be played by David Bowie then. Why not? Just,
1: well, I think we still DJ's might voice? get something oh. with, with Bowie, but I think that we're not going to have a, a truly proper scene with, with Jeffrey. So you don't think that
0: guy, the, the scientist guru guy in New York could possibly be Philip Jeffries that we saw the, in the photo with
1: Mr. C.? No, I don't. No, I don't. I don't think so. I think that's either the billionaire or that Heinrich character who was associated with uh, Hastings's website, possibly. But we don't know. We might not even get. That might be our only callback to New York City. We don't know if we're going to get anything else um, with the glass box. I would think so, but um, I'm not entirely sure. We still only have six hours left. But I would think that 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 scene, right? And we talked about this of that we've seen in trailers of uh, Cooper. Um, driving at night and he's looking in the rear view mirror and there's some headlights and it's got this kind of forebode, foreboding you know, mood to it. Um, I think, and if he's wearing this dark suit and you can, I think you can see the, like the FBI the lapel and or the American flag. I think that still might be Mr. C. I think Mr. C might. Yeah, you adopt- say that,
0: but like one of our fans, I think Frank online was was pointed out that, the, that he didn't have the black eyes. So, what do you think about that?
1: I'm not entirely convinced of that. I'm colorblind, I mean, with I think- you guys, so I can't
0: tell this kind of shit. So you guys <laughs> you have to tell me, all right? I I just,
1: yeah, I I just think that um, it just makes sense that those two characters are going to somehow converge in some way, and I think it really like Cooper's. You know, uh, uh, Rain Man-like qualities as Chauncey Gardner is completely tied to um, existing in the same realm as Mr. C, and I think that nothing um, will uh, will snap him out of it um, unless it's some kind of um uh help from the Black Lodge, whether it's uh, the one or man or some kind of reconnection with Mr. C, something. I, I think that is somehow tied together. I don't think Dougie's or Cooper's gonna somehow just snap two. He hasn't done it in almost ten episodes now. I don't think it's we've seen all these callbacks to like, you know, case files, badge, agent Being attacked, everything. I just think that he can't because he's existing in the same realm as Mr. C. And I think Mr. C very well may know that. And you would think it would be very easy to off um, Cooper because he's, you know, not Agent Cooper, but he's obviously getting help from the Black Lodge. Yeah,
0: he's got like the magic. Yeah, the White Lodge is helping him, like the Giant or somebody's helping him out and giving him all these clues and the One Arm Man and all that stuff. Well, you mentioned
1: the Giant, and that's something. uh, Another thing that I wanted to to bring up is. Um, one of the really big mysteries is the Major Briggs scenario and, A, how his fingerprints were at 15 previous crime scenes. Not a body. Does anyone really care about that anymore? I do. I'm the only person. I still care. But um, <laughs> No, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. But also the ring. Dougie's wedding ring. That I'm still
0: very interested in. I don't understand. I think that's got to still play a part, right? And also, like, uh, they ran Cooper's fingerprints, like the Las Vegas police guys. Like, eventually those two things are going to have to do something, right? Plot-wise.
1: Possibly. But I think with the ring, and I've really been trying to think about this, the only thing that I've really come up with myself is a connection with the giant in the original series who... Uh, came to Agent Cooper in the uh, second or the season premiere of, of the second season, and uh, offered him the clues, and then afterwards took his took Cooper's ring, his pinky ring, and said that he would return it after you know the, these clues like availed you know, themselves to to Cooper, and the crime was ultimately solved. So I was thinking since Briggs is really. You know, we haven't really seen him on camera other than his disembodied head, but he's played an integral part. in, you know, obviously, you know Jack Rabbit's Palace and. Could he zone. get nominated for
0: an Emmy for just the disembodied head?
1: If, if they I have don't... a new category for that, okay, yeah, I think That's he good. could. <laughs> but I'm thinking that possibly, maybe what what Briggs was doing in the intervening years, uh, time traveling, which he he did in the original series, is acting. Um, the role of a giant-like character, an agent of good, and somehow um, came to Dougie and like took the ring from him. And when he knew that his hy- his sanctuary was being overtaken by the woodsmen, swallowed the ring, knowing that the police, whether the FBI or the Buckhorn police, whoever, who would be on the side of good, would ultimately find it, which would ultimately lead to Cooper, so I like that's, that. There, that's yeah. the only thing that I. Really... That's
0: a good explanation that actually makes sense to me. And It's also like noble of, of like you know Briggs. It, it's like a cool storyline. I hope that's true. Yeah. I hope that's true. Yeah. Well, you so yeah, we're actually going to find that's... that out.
1: <laughs> Probably not, right? Yeah. Really,
0: I thought really all it was going. I thought we were never going to find out how the fuck it happened, but that they were going to just like I think you and I talked about this. Just run. I mean, Janie E. What the? How many Janie E's and Dougies are there that are married in the world? Like, just run it. That that would be a plot point and would get him to the, to Vegas. Um, but I never thought about like actually solving how it got into the stomach. But I think that's a really compelling theory, friend.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree. You would think that once they got that information that they would, you know, run through the database, like marriage licenses of the last whatever, 30, 40 years, there wouldn't be too many Douglases and Janie E. Like marriage certificates. I'm thinking like
0: maybe that's the only reason why her, they named her Janie E. They're like, OK, let's name her something really weird. So at this point in the plot that they can, you know, identify them easily.
1: Yeah, I agree. And could we know that I think eventually that either the FBI or you would think that the FBI investigation would somehow go to Vegas. We even had the reference in the last episode from Diane's uh, cell phone, her text, Las Vegas, and Albert intercepted it and mentioned it to Cole. But and we also have the Fusco, the detective Fuscos were running these prints. Um, So you would think that these two storylines would somehow uh, get the police or the FBI back to Vegas. But I think it might be another attempt on Cooper's life um, through like Sizemore and or Chantal and Hutch that there's going to be some other set piece involving another attempt on Cooper's life. And that very well might be the the bridge to the FBI and Cooper. But I still don't think that would snap him out of it. Because like I said, I think it's going to be something, take something more to snap him out of it. And I also still feel that there might be some kind of tragic like ending with his beautiful home life that he has with, with Janie E and and Sonny Jim. Um, Yeah. I'm still
0: still puzzled over how, why Mr. C would be leading, trying to lead Cole and Albert to Vegas. If there, he's going to be, he's trying to knock off Dougie in Vegas. Why would he want the feds showing up?
1: I don't know. I mean, does, does Mr. C know that Diane's texts are being intercepted by Albert and Cole? We don't know that. And we don't know if there's, I think there's an intermediary acting for Mr. C and, and relaying these messages. It seems like messages. he's leading a
0: trap that he wants. Maybe he's leading a trap for them somehow, right? I it's, mean, it's very, it's, Vegas,
1: so. it's very possible. Yeah, it's very possible. Um, but well, it's um, pretty compelling.
0: I, I mean, going back to the whole question about like, what did, what did they forget to ask her? you know and and we thought you and I were speculating that they didn't they forgot to ask her about that night with Cooper you know what happened that night and I think you've had some interesting theories about that night with Diane and you want to talk about that a little bit
1: well this was just something that I came up with recently is that you know for me that scene with Diane and Mr. C that interrogation scene was so powerful on so many different levels and the biggest mystery was that night what happened that night and when did it happen and was it Cooper or was it Mr. C and the insinuation is it was Mr. C, and I never really subscribed to the notion that it was a sexual assault, but I couldn't really wrap my head around it. But one thing that really, like, kind of like 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 a light bulb over my head, just watching that scene again recently, was the reference to that night, and I had an instant recall to Lost Highway. If you remember in Lost Highway, there were several instances. Uh, with the Pete Dayton storyline who was played by Bal Sarchetti Who plays Red in this new series of that night when um, when like he something happened that course or correlated with Bill Pullman's character Fred Madison, them switching places and no one would ever answer what that night meant, whether it was Pete Dayton's parents or Pete Dayton's girlfriends. We like wouldn't even talk about it. Right. So no one would talk about something big and it was just mystery and you, you knew it was tied to the mystery man. So I was thinking, okay, so let's, let's apply that logic to, um, Diane and Mr. C. So the first thing that popped into my head was, okay, what if possibly that this was 97, say like, you know, six, seven years after the events of the original series and Mr. C showed up to Diane's place. They were probably in communication and, the idea of manufacturing Dougie. We know that that probably took place around ninety-seven because there were no records of Dougie prior to that. What if Mister C knew that he needed to manufacture Dougie? We don't know the the details surrounding that, but what if he somehow needed like his trusted ally Diane? to somehow help him facilitate that. And something Or to happened. take
0: part in a ritual, you're thinking about that as well? Yeah, like
1: tying it back into the old like
0: Secret History of Twin Peaks stuff with Jack Parsons and all that?
1: Yeah, so another, uh, I've got a lot of like, you know, useless information and, and another scene that, uh, another reminder was a scene in a film called uh, Angel Heart. Um, and I won't go into details about the plot, but there's there's a scene where there really is like a character who needs another person to switch identities to thwart like the devil's contract because he sold his soul Mickey and, right right Mickey Rourke yeah. yeah it's a great movie by the way yeah. but uh, the scene that's described is this ritual where the, the protagonist uh, slices open the chest of this, this this pawn basically and eats his heart and is able to switch identities with him so what if and we're not going to go there we're not talking about like Satanism or, or anything with Mr. C but what if that scene uh, somehow correlated with Jack Parsons trying to uh, summon or create the moon child. And we've always associated that with um, maybe, you know, New Mexico and the fifties and the mother. But what if it's somehow tied into Dougie perhaps?
0: <laughs> I think we talked about this a long time ago. Maybe Dougie's the dud, the moon child defect. They tried and they got Dougie instead. Well, no, right? it so wasn't. His... <laughs> what are you going to do? Use Dougie as a decoy. He's a moron. But they tried for the, for the, the ultimate, you know, devil child. <laughs> we no, look at Dougie.
1: But what? No, it's not. What harm is he going to do? He's
0: not infused with the devil. He's obviously no. infused with you know idiocy and obviously positive you know vibes from the lodge. But I, I love that idea and the idea that that somehow uh, Diane's involved in all this and that's why she's yeah. keeping it quiet. But, well, like, I, it's some to
1: back. Some things to back it up. Sorry to cut you off, but. Um, Um, that he wouldn't be like just like the idiot, like the multiplicity, like, you know, the clone that was just an idiot. It was like he actually, Dougie, uh, was a success because it is a decoy to actually return to the lodge so Mr. C can stay in this realm. And when Cooper would return, um, he would be, you know, like offed by, you know, a hitman that Mr. C hired. So I think it was a success. Now, how it unfolded, I don't know. But I just think that Diane, now that we've seen her... Um, texts recently in the the previous uh, couple of episodes she, i think she knew of hastings i think she knew of the site i think she knew of the woodsman i think she knows of vegas i don't think she's all getting she's getting all of this information within the last couple of days i think she's somehow been in tune included into this over the last 10, 15, 20 years and I think whether she's working with Mr. C Philip Jeffries or someone else that we're slowly starting to find out more about Diane and her part in this in in this you know in this narrative with this particular subplot yeah, I
0: mean, it really just feels like Cole. either Cole, Albert, or Diane are going to end up in the lodge or dead or something's going to happen to these people. I'm not sure which ones yet, but they're all very uh, – I guess Albert has fallen down to number three now. But, like, Diane and Cole – no, actually, Cole – I think Diane's number one. She's definitely – because a lot of people online are thinking that he's she's even been inhabited by Bob and stuff, so you don't think that is obviously – No, I think the whole, like – She does know a lot, though. Like, I would love to see what, what that happened that night. I want to know what the hell's going on. Like, I'm not sure we're going to get a lot of answers, but uh, – She's, well, she I wanted Sarah to Palmer, see my two compelling uh, storylines right now that I'm baffling over.
1: Yeah, no, I, I wanted to see that scene of I never imagined that the Hastings scene with Ruth and Major Briggs's body. I thought it, I thought it would take place in her apartment because I still don't know how they got briggs's body and her head back into that but obviously we know it took place into the zone and i wanted to see that scene we didn't see it i don't think we're ever going to see a scene of the manufacturing of dougie but we might get some more clues related to that and as i just posited it might be um related to or diane might be complicit in that It's just it's very interesting i would love if that somehow was true in some fashion I i would hope so but um um but yeah, no, so we'll move. Oh, but what I want to talk about, um, there's, I've been uh, communicating with someone on Twitter, Caitlin. She's fantastic. She's a great little detective. She posited that possibly Diane and, and, and Albert aren't necessarily, you know I wouldn't say villainous, but they might be really trying to suss out Cole, who might be not who he you know seems entirely like there might be more to Cole like Cole might actually I'm not saying be a bad guy but he might be holding back some information and I really started to think about it because I, I didn't really you know um I would I w- my mind didn't even go there I just thought that okay Albert might be a little villainous Diane might be a little villainous but we know in Cole's office right there are three pictures or, or you know there's a mushroom cloud there's a picture of Kafka and there's a picture or a painting of an ear of corn. Well what are those all related to? Where well, an ear of corn is related to Garmin Bozia, The mushroom cloud is related to the woodsman and/ or Bob, and the picture of Kafka could be a reference to the metamorphosis, which could be a reference to the bug that you know infect or crawled into that little girl's mouth in New Mexico. And we know that Cole was the one who really started the Blue Rose task Force and assigned Jeffries. And and Cole hired or we think he was the one that hired Cooper and uh, Desmond and Albert. So maybe it's possible, uh, Caitlin's theory is correct, that uh, Diane and uh, Albert are a little suspicious of Cole and they might be like working together somehow pulling something out of Cole.
0: Yeah, I mean, this the last episode really had people scratching their heads about the way he was behaving and, like, you know, the way they, they, they timed it. Some people were thinking that maybe the editing was that that scene with Tammy and the wine and maybe the French lady was all before the zone. Because it seems like a strange thing to, to have be happening. Like, they're all relaxing, <laughs> like celebrating. They're distracted. <laughs> like, they're, like, he's the head of the investigation, and he's kind of, you know, telling them all to chill out and relax and hang out. And, you know, he's not focused on the task at hand. And they're kind of making that obvious to us. So maybe he's just got dementia or something? He's just got seen. I mean, I would love though the idea of Lynch eventually being in the lodge or something, or being inhabited by Bob, or having something with Lynch. That would be like the ultimate for all like just fanboy delight. I think.
1: Oh, I completely agree, and yeah. I think that you might be onto something because Lynch and the um, He was the one that you know took the initiative to take those you know fifteen steps into the zone. Yeah, he would have um, kept
0: going. I think he would. He wasn't you know he wasn't had a problem with it. He was going to keep walking. I think, staggering on in.
1: Yeah, Albert pulled him out. But at that, that triangle between Cole, Albert, and Diane is very... And obviously, Tammy's a part of it, too. And she might actually be the actual, like, victim out of, you know, the four of them, possibly. She was framed in Part 12. Yeah, there was some foreboding With there, the, the, yeah, the
0: Apes and, and the Laura Palmery kind of, like, she's maybe doomed somehow.
1: Well, we know that, you know, Albert even said, out of, like, Desmond, Cooper, and Albert, he's and Jeffries, he's the only one who, you know, hasn't disappeared. And now here we have Tammy... Who is initiated into the Blue Rose Task Force? Sh- there might be, you know, something. Uh, there might something might happen to her. We don't know. It's possible. I wonder if you can get life insurance if you're a part of the Blue Rose Task Force. Considering the history of them, because they probably all need to go get new, yeah, policies right
0: now before they go into the next few episodes. Because I think a few of them they're they're moving higher up on the death list. I think so.
1: Well, yeah. I just one of the more confounding things with that investigation is that since they know, I, I, I'm assuming that albert albert knows and now cole that the coordinates relate to twin peaks and they know that major briggs and cooper were you know i mean they met in twin peaks they're really investigating the briggs mystery so and we know that cole had a vision or saw or somehow laura channeled into you know his room you know that that then part i think it was part 10 so all of these things are somehow like leading to Twin Peaks, but they're somehow n- slow to accept that because uh, I don't think they're going to go directly to Twin Peaks. I think it's going go yeah, to go. Maybe Gordon's
0: kiboshing this in the top, man. Well, I, yeah, I mean, the, it's I mean, I, it was something new. <laughs> I want to know. Like, here's another side question. Who the yeah. fuck sent Miriam the Blue Roses? You Somebody know, from Project Blue Book? <laughs> you said Runets you're colored goes blind, from the other lodge. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're Those purple. Those look blue to me. I've, I've, people on Twitter think some – I think you know what it is. is. They're like, oh, if you're on an iPad, it looks purple. If you're on like a smart TV with a high definition or whatever, it looks blue. So it looks really blue to
1: me. That's well, yeah. I think, for me, it's more of the – purple's uh, very
0: odd as well. Why purple? Come on. Who's sending these? Who sent Miriam the weird colored roses? I want to know.
1: I think it's more of like a visual motif. We've seen any number of like, you know, uh, roses, flower patterns on, you know, people's outfits. We've seen a blue rose in the purple room. Um, so I, I, for me, it doesn't hold any really significance. But um, it, it's, Do you
0: think it's whenever someone dies in a blue rose related case that the blue rose team like sends them flowers, blue roses? is would <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's like a pink <laughs> yes, panther leaving his white glove like yeah that's a <laughs> yeah, thing that's trademark. great yeah. that's great no mm-hmm. i yes i will say yes to that my friend well i was yes, like
0: I the know. way they tracked into the hospital room i was like uh-oh it's like renette's time and like what if she's in the same room as renette the blue roses uh, i don't know man they're, they're showing miriam still so I well think that Miriam's shot got some interesting stuff happening that shot kind of creeped me out of the the hallway well, wasn't you that know the who same likes to walk shot? through the hallway. Yeah, you know who goes through that hallway.
1: Yeah, I think that was the same shot that they used in in the original series before we saw Bob running down and his teeth, you know, coming directly into the camera. Ugh. That I mean, I think it was that they re, they've reused the transition or the establishing shot of the Great Northern at night, which I am 100% certain was a uh, establishing shot from the original series. Um, so there's been a couple of instances of that. But I also think that in the last episode we had two um, uh, well one real kind of well, I'm saying a musical cue like sound design cues from Firewalk With Me and one was right before Diane said Let's Rock which is a great moment was oh, so good oh it was so good and then the other one was when Sarah Palmer was freaking out with the uh, turkey jerky and the beef jerky that was uh, the albatross beef jerky which is the weirdest name for any beef
0: jerky so I think there, there might be some clue in that
1: Go talk. You you mentioned that earlier to me on the Well, I mean, I, about that. I
0: think someone has... People have looked at. Obviously, what is the albatross? That doesn't mean anything. An albatross is like a psych. You know, it's like some sort of like mental illness that you think is a curse. You know, the albatross around your neck, and that's kind of a symbolic of what Sarah's going through. It's like the you know the mental illness is like actually real for her because you know bob is not in her head she really had all this wh- these horrors going on and she feels like it's a curse and it just feels like maybe that is what triggered her i don't know but um it was interesting to see a, a jerky company named albatross because that's that's definitely something that frost or lynch put in there
1: yeah i just i always you know the, the sarah palmer w- is very similar to the log lady obviously the log lady is a seer or something or her her log is a seer and she just you know kind of communicates that relays the messages but Sarah was she's the spooky you know citizen in Twin Peaks and um I I didn't take that scene of her being you know I, I think I mentioned in the po- previous podcast like schizophrenic but something obviously is happening in the town it's happening all over the country and all of these threads and I just think that she is in tune but she's been numbing herself for so many years with alcohol, But when in part two, when we first saw her, it was very curious that her introduction, the first time we saw her, was right after Cooper was careening through space, falling through space at, you know, whatever, a billion miles an hour or whatever, and we see Sarah Palmer at that point, and she's like numbing herself again with booze, she's watching, you know, animals, you know, uh, rip each other apart, but then it seemed, at least for me, that she felt something. And she kind of like, you know, just kind of rose up, not rose up, but she kind of just like, you know, looked up. And I thought that she was going to go get up and walk up the stairs, or I thought maybe Cooper was going to actually appear on the staircase, and that's where he was going to come out. But I think that was the trigger point for her, for all of these events. Like, it's a goddamn bad story, isn't it, Hawk? Something that moment related to Cooper and the events, somehow she was able to, you know, somehow... You know, get a message. Well, maybe she channel. heard the
0: the painting, the painting shake on the wall upstairs, like we heard the bottle shaking in her kitchen.
1: Well, no, I mean, I think that, I really mean,
0: we've been talking about this for a long time. Maybe actually since that episode, for like ten episodes essentially or nine, that something's going to come bursting through that, that that painting, which is a portal, and you go down those stairs. Um, well, so that's going to happen. Something no. I,
1: I what I personally. I think will, maybe that's already
0: happened. <laughs> it's already off camera. And they're already eating pancakes and garbanzozi in the kitchen. So they, like you said, taking over the whole house at this
1: point. Well, what I think is going to happen basically is that when the Vegas storyline comes to a head, uh, with possibly another attempt on Cooper's life, and obviously I don't think he's going to die. I think, and I don't think he's going to wake up, but I think he's going to be visited by the one armed man again and led into either the Black Lodge or something probably that he, he'll go on a little mini journey which will will i think snap him out of it i think that's what will do it i think after maybe he loses his wife everything in vegas comes to a head like i said cooper is maybe going besides Sizemore
0: actually kills E on accident maybe the... Janie is to die because she never finds out that cooper turns into cooper so perhaps she you're right that she, that's going to trigger or she's that something bad is going to happen well right? we know
1: that you know cooper assassin's is bullet stray bullet Never had any success. Every woman that he's ever loved has had a tragic ending. So it makes sense that it would happen again, uh, possibly with Janie E. But lead, I'm yeah, trying to happy correlate the portal with the the. they the happiest they've ever
0: been. Last time we saw him, that means something bad's going to happen, probably.
1: What, I I, yeah, of course. I think you're right. <laughs> yeah, but I think that that painting. I think that. Um, it's related somehow to um, the zone perhaps where we saw the sooties. But I think that the one, our man is going to lead Cooper into another journey. He's going to snap out of it and, and then he'll spend the next like, you know, four hours, four episodes or whatever on his journey to, I think somehow connect with Laura Palmer, because that'll connect to Leland's message in part two to find Laura, because that really is, I think an integral part to his His narrative of of trying to somehow thwart Mr. C's plans is Laura is the connective tissue with that, and that was the clue from Leland, and he's going to remember that. We know that even Dougie remembered um, the line that Laura said to him, you can go out now, when Jade said it to him in Part 4 three I believe so I think he's going to have a flashback to that Laura something's going to snap him out of it whether it's the help from the one or man to somehow connect with Laura who I think might be existing in a Dougie like world um, well you've been saying that I know I have to reiterate four, three, it. I, do I did going back to
0: well, look at that scene in the Showtime trailer up the stairs and stuff like the next shot after that was like Cooper walking into a room that does look like kind of that painting a little bit. It kind of ties into your theory of him being led into the other world by the one arm man. I can see that scene being that scene you're talking about. They're speculating yeah. about.
1: Yeah, I do. And one other thing that I was thinking about too is the New York uh, scene or the glass box scene in part two at the end of part two. Is it was at part two when Cooper shows up in the glass box? Right? Isn't that? Yeah, two. So and that whole thing I've been really trying to wrap my head around it when he's in the glass box and he's kind of like floating and then. It, there's that thing where he, like, it's this shutter of some sort. He goes back and he comes forward and then it, it looks like he shrinks and then he goes through the bottom of the glass box and then obviously, you know, careens through space and winds up in, in, in the purple room. But there might be something with that shutter of some sort, with, like, time, perhaps, like Controlling time, like going forward and going back, because I just think of is it future, is it past? I still think we're going to get something, yeah. That, we're getting one of the titles, the final titles, we're
0: going calling back to that. One of the final episode titles, well, is I it, is think it future, is it past they released.
1: Well, no, I, you're right. I think part 17 is the past, the future dictates the past. I think that's what it is, yeah. And then part 18 is what is your name? And I really believe that, um, and first. When I first heard it, I go, oh, Cooper. But now I think it's related to Laura Palmer. Yeah, because that's what I think is like the, the end will be. I think a lot of people might suspect that. What is your name? Agent Cooper, credits roll. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think it's somehow going to be related to Laura Palmer. Yeah. Maybe it'll be a callback.
0: Wasn't that when he, when Cooper saw uh, Laura Palmer in the lodge the first time this season? He Didn't he ask her her name or Archie, Laura Palmer? Or like the same, is it a callback to that? Is it going to be Cooper asking her?
1: Oh, that's, that's interesting. Asking yeah. That question? Perhaps? Yeah, doesn't he say you are like? Are you Lord Palmer? Didn't he yeah. say that in the yeah, original are Laura series? Yeah, you Lord Palmer. Yeah, yeah, it's a callback to the original series as well. So oh, that's very good. Time. Yeah, that's very good. Yeah. That'd well, dude, nice you uh, do you want to talk about okay some of the the activity in Twin Peaks, um, other than Jack Rabbit's Palace? that we think might transpire in Part 13 and beyond. Audrey? Uh, yeah, well, and
0: also, like, I think Jerry may show up at the Great Northern, perhaps. <laughs> like, he's got a, <laughs> with a, quite a story to tell. I don't yeah. know. I mean, I hope that yeah. goes somewhere. Um, Audrey, we could get into Audrey, the whole Audrey scene. How do you feel about the Audrey scene now that you've had a couple of days to, uh, you know, let it absorb and stuff?
1: You were well, yeah, on, the, on the third rewatch, um, it, I, 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 I liked it a lot better, obviously because, you know, I, I know what's going on. And I picked up... So, well, you don't know well, what's going on, but
0: well, I've got we got some theories on that. We don't know what's going. On. I'm kidding. No, I don't know. I want to know if like is is Richard Horn like? I want to know still the Richard Horn conundrum of what's going on with Richard involved with uh, Audrey and whether he is her daughter or what the fuck is happening? I don't know.
1: Well, I I still I don't think I mean I think that if Truman like you know he he knows Richard Horn you know ran over that little kid and tried to kill Miriam I would think that. Now that we know that Audrey lives in Twin Peaks, and if you know she is his mother, that he would go to her and not to Ben Horn, so the fact that he went to Ben Horn for me possibly could mean that Audrey is not his uh or her son, and I have a theory possibly that Ben Horn, even though he's referred to grandfather grandpa is is possibly little Dickie Horn's son. And I know that you poo-poo that or whatever, but just his line about going into his father, giving him that bike, and I love that bike, fathers and sons, that the thing about Twin Peaks in the original series, it was the secrets, obviously, we talked about this, that maybe that's a big secret that Ben Horn has. And that instead of it being father and mother, That they're referring to him as grandfather or grandpa and grandmother. So I'm just not entirely convinced that Audrey is Richard. And I just I just don't think it's that interesting. I don't find it very interesting. Like no. Why is
0: Audrey there? Like I mean, if if Richard Horn's storyline is not going to be involved in this story that we're just now being introduced to, it's so confusing. What is the purpose of it? I think it's got to tie into Richard Horn.
1: But that isn't really the most compelling thing about Twin Peaks is the Richard Horde character um, and who his lineage is. And he's on the run right now. It's not the most. Yeah, maybe he's just gone. That's it, right? Well, no, I don't. <laughs> See, I think that I think
0: that Truman went to go talk to Ben Horne to get Ben to pay for Miriam's hospital bills. I think that's right. the reason. That's the main reason he even went there. And he probably can't find Audrey or doesn't know where she is or, you know, whatever it is that uh, maybe maybe the next episode will show up you know, and tell Audrey, but uh, I think that was the immediate uh, was that they found out she had no health insurance. So, okay, who's going to pay for this? That's before anything, you know, really worrying about the, the, the feelings of the person of the parent of the murderer or the attempted murderer is far, further down the list than actually paying for her hospital bills. I think so.
1: Well, yeah, it's for me, it's just more of the, the vignettes. It's more could it the, be
0: Jerry. Could Jerry be the father, <laughs> Johnny?
1: <laughs> it could be anyone anyway, could be, he could be the uh, son of uh, Donna Hayward. Perhaps he's a horn. Oh, yeah. We keep right? thinking
0: about it. Yeah, that's the old Donna. I Hayward
1: just theory. don't no. think they're going there. We're 12 hours well, into Well, I mean, can it. we just
0: move on? That's what I'm saying. If we just move on from this, that's fine. I don't really care about the storyline. But it looks like we're getting introduced to a whole can of worms. In the next episode, we're going to have, like, I think the title is called, like, What's That Charlie? Or something like that. So I think the Audrey thing is going to start taking off. So um, I, hope it, I hope it leads somewhere is all. You
1: know? I think it's What's That Story, Charlie? And I think it could be related to... Um, the conversation that he had with Tina. (laughs) What's that story
0: again? It's just her yelling (laughs) questioning, what is the story? Tell me the story.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I just Mm -hmm. don't really find it very compelling, and I would be (laughs) surprised at all if that title is not a reference to that Charlie character and is in reference to something else completely. Uh, I I do think that we're going to get more scenes with the Charlie character and Audrey, but I just don't know how it ties into... The the narrative. I mean, even like Ben Horn, Jerry Horn, Doctor Jacoby, Shelley, um, uh, you know, Norma, Nadine. We haven't seen Big Ed yet. James, who we only seen the one time. We don't have very. We don't have compelling storylines for these characters. It's really just been color. It's been these little vignettes, and that's why I don't think we're going to get like any big epiphany of like you know little Dickie horn is the is the son of you know audrey of ben of jerry of johnny and this big revelatory moment i don't think it really means or it, it is, is is tied into these plot threads i don't think it's compelling i don't think that they're i think they're just showing the shades of these characters 25 years later do you think the, twin
0: th- piece, the police department will also just drop it because it's just like me who cares well, they I mean... on the job anyway. I think that... I think <laughs> they that. seem to
1: let a lot of crimes go,
0: so I think maybe they'll just let it go. Doesn't yeah, matter? but isn't it interesting that we... We're about Laura Palmer? Let's go to Jack Rabbit's palace. <laughs> well, you thought <laughs> Maybe that he left the state and they get someone else's problem, right?
1: Possibly, but yeah. I don't think we're going to go there. But you thought that they really had dropped the ball on in the investigation, that Andy had dropped the ball. There was no reference to Miriam's uh, assault um, or another reference to the hit and run. And then all of a sudden, in this last episode... Truman's got all the information. It was like he was doing all this legwork, and we never saw it. He just comes to Ben Horne, tells him the whole story, and that's it. So that also kind of feeds into a lot of stuff is happening like off camera, and I don't think it's as compelling or as uh, or built into the narrative. That's why I don't. Did think – But the thing
0: like we're... the Twin Peaks department, the police department, is kind of falling. I mean, obviously, it's like not it's not doing a great job. Um, and I, it was interesting to see how. Uh, uh, Sarah Palmer answered the door when she's like, Oh, hawk. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So she doesn't seem to have much respect for the police department. I think the police department is like kind of, uh, you know, not doing so great. And I think that's supposed to be obvious.
1: Well, it's tied into my theory, like I said earlier, about um, the Deer Meadow, is that there's something off. Oh, we've known that there's something off about Twin Peaks. And um, I think that we're seeing. Shades of this in any number of scenarios with characters. It's not the Twin Peaks that we, and it makes sense after twenty-five years. But I think there's a real, a, a good reason that we're uh, seeing these characters in these, you know, scenarios and dealing with these like storylines and the fact that they're not really tied into the big narrative, which really is the, you know, Mr. C and Cooper and Briggs um, plot threads. There isn't anything really, really, really compelling happening in Twin Peaks tied to that other than the return of all of these plot threads. We're just seeing these scenes unfold like a James Joycean novel. We're just seeing these little vignettes, and it's interesting. And I'm glad that we are seeing, but I don't think we're going to have all these these little like you know character mentions the tina's the paul's the chucks the angela's the the people the sparkle queens at the roadhouse we're we're not going to get any big like you know it's not going to be tied together like tricks mention of someone running him off the road We're not going to get a scene of that. (laughs) I know
0: people are speculating like crazy. I mean, it almost seems like Lynch one day got like 12 different uh, booths at the roadhouse. and just had 12 different couples, 12 different conversations. Just (laughs) improvise. I don't care what you say. And so he just went and filmed them all and just picked the
1: best ones. And they don't mean anything. They're just color. This is Lynch. David Lynch loves a continuing story. And I think that having carte blanche, that what he's doing is, is that he's creating All of these scenes, all of these characters, and some of them are going to tie together, and some of them are just little like ideas that he has, things that like you know are not necessarily built into the narrative, but are compelling to him. And I think that's what he would have done if Mulholland Drive was turned into a TV series. I think we would have had all kinds of scenes with the the the, uh, tenants of that uh, whatever that complex that Betty's character. Um, lived at, we would have gone off on these little tangents and it would have been these rabbit holes that we would have gone down and not solved any mysteries i uh, solved like individual mysteries and i think that's what we're getting here this is where lynch is like evolved as an artist and i think people are having a i'm say, a hard time with it because it's well, unconventional. He's making us wait
0: for 13 14 15 episodes 16 who knows how many episodes well even with the compelling <laughs> aspects
1: of the narrative but even some of these little uh, superfluous scenes I just don't think that we're going to get any concrete answers. Well, here's a question. Like, okay,
0: of all the all, of all the main Twin Peaks characters that are out in the world that are not in Twin Peaks, which ones will actually cross Twin Peaks County City Line or whatever and end up in Twin Peaks of all the ones that are out there?
1: You mean outside? Mr. C?
0: Yes. Dean? Yes. FBI? Hutch? Uh, yes, because Hutch's got a scene with Bobby we know from Comic-Con, right? Chantal? Entirely... Think Chantal will make it? No, I don't think that. She'll so probably die on the way. Yeah, okay. But yeah, about uh, Cole, Cole get there, right?
1: I think the FBI gets there. They might Albert. lose man down, possibly before they get to Tammy uh, down. Albert possibly, down, possibly, possibly. <laughs> Diane make it. She, she's going to make it for sure, right? Not entirely sure. Not entirely
0: sure. Will yeah. Dougie make it? <laughs> you mean, Cooper, <laughs> Janie. He's not going to make it. We know that, right? He's, he's yeah, gonna, no, I don't think we're going to have gonna all of Dougie. Yeah, like Mitchell Brothers. Think, what about them?
1: No, I don't think we're going to see Constance giving a stand-up at the You could house. fill the
0: entire Double R with all the people that could potentially show up at the, All these like, if you add the box monster in there and, like, you know, like Bob and all the different characters, the woodsman, Double R better start getting some expanded seating because there's going to be a whole lot of bad guys that are getting <laughs> yeah, no, I Lots of cherry pie.
1: I don't think, I think it's going to be just the main plot thread. I think it's going to be the Mr. C, Cooper, and the FBI. I think everything else uh, won't, you know, uh, uh, invade twin peaks or don't you think like also that like peaks. cooper
0: like even if he comes back as cooper like really he's just coming back to twin peaks to go into the lodge you know what i'm saying they're going you know, he's not going to go like hang around like go to the double r like you know go. hey how's it going like he's not going to be you know <laughs> hanging out with the locals he's just going for one purpose right you mean cooper or mr C? yeah cooper well both of them whoever it is ends up there they're not going to there's not going to be scenes with big ed and like hey you've been gone
1: for a while how you doing <laughs> what have you been up to and there's not going to be that shit no, that was the original series. We're not getting that, obviously. But um, I, I do... The fact that... The Maybe the cor- last scene will be eaten,
0: he finally gets to get his piece of pie and some coffee the double R. That's it. It comes out of the... It's covered in smoke,
1: and he looks like a city. He's smiling. <laughs> no. Shows up with the double R. Piece he's, of pie. Well, he's already <laughs> had his pie with the Mitchell brothers. I don't think we're going to get that. Well, he's yeah. loving it, yeah. Yeah. But the coordinates... You know, that's Twin Peaks. I mean, we saw that with Diane. I mean the coordinates all pinpoint back to Twin Peaks and that's something that I would think that the FBI, like Cole and Albert specifically, they know from like Briggs and that investigation that he's tied to Twin Peaks, Cooper's tied to Twin Peaks. And it just seems like they're a little slow on the ball to realizing that this is all really about Twin Peaks. And one big thing, That's what happens
0: when you have a 72-year-old, 71-year-old man running the show. He's a little distracted. Yeah, and I I would think that
1: that (laughs) they would know somehow, since they suspected that the site, the zone, was one of those places, that the Black Lodge is one of those places in Twin Peaks. If Cooper had gone missing, which we know that he did... And you would think that they would have investigated that back in you know the early 90s and spoken to Truman and found out that, yes, indeed, Cooper did go in the Black Lodge and know that that is a very significant place. But we've had no reference of that at all. We've only had one reference of the Black Lodge, and that was from Mr. C in part two. So I think that we will eventually. But it is a little like suspect. And also with the White Lodge, we've had no reference of the White Lodge. And I think that very well may be. Where you know, Briggs was hiding in his sanctuary, and it's now been overtaken. And that somehow is tied into the Giants' clue or message to Cooper that it's in our house now. That the White Lodge, well, yeah, it goes back to everything,
0: it's there inhabiting the whole world. You know, all I, all I know is if I was a uh, hawk, I'd be showing back up at Sarah Palmer's house the next day to see what's going on, make sure I wouldn't be very convinced. <laughs> well, I that think everything. that Sarah, something's in the kitchen, that's it, just i to come back and check it out.
1: I think something's going to get Sarah out of her house. I think there's going to be... Either it's a message or maybe it's something related to Hawk. Something's going to get her out of that house. And she is going to meet up with someone of some kind of significance. I'm not saying it's Laura. I'm not saying it's Cooper. But so some, what are you, a soothsayer or something? You're just like predicting this? Is this yeah, yeah. I tell? just don't think that she's going to be this docile character just continuing to drink and You've mentioned house. this. That
0: she's going to become like a Nancy boy, like Nancy uh, Drew Hardy boy kind of thing. Going out There's something, and it's going to history.
1: be tied into uh, the, the little... Maybe she get
0: the two kids from the convenience store to help her.
1: No, no. I don't think we'll see them again, my friend. No, I don't. Solving mysteries? Come on. No, I just think that with Lynch's love of... Well, this is your this idea world. anyway, so continue on. I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt you. Well, you've been doing it all episode. Well, that's what I'm... I'm here. Okay. I'm no kidding, one pays me I'm for it, that's what I do. That's my job. I'm kidding, I'm curious. No, I just think that Lynch's uh, love of this community, these characters, but specifically the Palmers, I think that he's going to... Now that we had Sarah, we've had Sarah reintroduced here in part 12. We've had numerous references to Laura. We've seen Leland, that they are going to become more of an integral part of these final six episodes. Because for me, I believe that is the core of like Lynch's love of Twin Peaks is Laura Palmer herself and her story and the tragic characters of Leland and Sarah. And they are. I mean, Leland was possessed. By Bob, Sarah obviously was in denial for so many years. I think I'm not saying that there's going to be some you know happy ending, but I think there's going to be a resolution, and I think that they they're going to play an integral role of that. It just makes sense, and I think he he kept them out of the narrative for so long for a good reason. And I think that once we're introduced to obviously Sarah again now, that's what everyone's talking about. I mean, from part 12, I mean Audrey was yeah, God, Grace DeBrisi was Grace so great too. Like she was fantastic.
0: That is like my favorite line from the entire series so far I think so she's just great that's just uh, yeah we got to see more
1: and we've seen uh, any number of characters of Jerry and Ben and Norma we'll see big Ed Nadine Dr. Jacoby you know 25 years later and how they've changed here we now are seeing Sarah Palmer and I think that no one would be surprised by you know her demeanor and her alcoholism Um, and also no one would be surprised that it is happening again Something is happening in that home. And I don't think she it's an obviously I think it's tied into, you know, some of the the darker aspects uh, of of this narrative and, and the lodge. But I think that I don't think she's a confederate of that. I think that she's trapped in this haunted house and she's a conduit of some sort. And I don't think she's evil I don't think she's channeling evil. I think something she's- happened
0: to her, man. She's had lots of horrible things happen to her. If I, hey, you know, Leland in the lodge in episode two was like, "Hey, go find Laura." Why couldn't he say, "And while you're at it, go check out on Sarah. She's not doing <laughs> so well." <laughs> he kind of fucked her over. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No one seems to give a shit about Sarah. Not even Lynch enough in terms of like being able to show us what actually happened to her. So I hope we get some real Sarah that she's not just uh, a two-dimensional like channeler of evil or whatever it is that or a victim again you know of a bunch of woodsmen coming back and you know I hope that we can get to spend some time with her in the next episode or at least sometime in the next few episodes to really feel her character because she is powerful man like she's really um, something else so
1: yeah something else that I was thinking about was the maybe literally something else <laughs> well yeah the, some people uh, think she's
0: inhabited by Bob already <laughs> I think there's Too many. Everyone's got Bob happy. Everyone's trying to figure out who the fuck is inhabiting us. So maybe let's just say he's out in the, the the miasma, the night miasma at this point. But
1: um, I I still think think he's he's in, still within Mr. C. I don't think that he's out. I think he's. But why
0: do we always assume? Like, why do we automatically assume just because the woodsmen have been, you know, created as our iconographic like uh, bad guys that just because the the fans on uh, in Sarah's house that suddenly oh the woodsmen are in her kitchen rather than it being Bob in her kitchen.
1: Well, no, I mean it could be. I mean, there's no obviously there's no answer to that. I don't think there are woodsmen in her kitchen. I don't think Bob is in her kitchen. I think that it's obviously slowly building to something, and it's tied to Jack Rabbit's Palace. I think if we see the woodsman in Twin Peaks, it'll be at Jack Rabbit's Palace. But I also think that we're going to see another character there. Um, some I, I'm not. I don't know who it would be, but I think they're going to encounter some character on their journey to jack rabbit's palace someone who has some kind of knowledge what, there in the woods well yeah i mean it would make sense it's kind of like you know something like off, up uh, frost dick light. tremaine he said like amnesia in the <laughs> woods for 20 years he just became like a you know native
0: <laughs> i don't know what do you call him neanderthal running around terrible or as you things. said you
1: want to see Chief joseph possibly yeah oh my that. god they
0: saw a vision of him i want to see yeah. chief joseph in the lodge i think that would be really cool um so.
1: Well, one thing I also want to mention because one of the, the more interesting, compelling uh, narratives in Twin Peaks, there hasn't been that many. For me, I might be in the minority <laughs> here, but is the Becky, uh, Stephen, and possibly Gersten Hayward? Yeah, we got to see more
0: of Gersten. Like she's, you know, Alicia Witt. She's going to show up, right? And why yeah. was she dressed like Daria? Like she almost looked exactly in the same costume. Same
1: well, costume. she's got red hair and she's wearing the same jacket. Yeah, no, the exact very... same jacket. Well, it's, I think it's similar. Is this yeah, like a Twin know. Peaks
0: pink ladies type gang or something <laughs> with the jackets?
1: Is that a Grease reference? <laughs>
0: yeah. I have a daughter. Okay, right. <laughs> I have a daughter. <laughs> she loves Grease. Uh, well, okay, the, wait, so you have, do you have any last thoughts? Uh, well, I wanted to
1: just talk about this briefly and then go into final thoughts if that's okay with you. We'll just um,
0: include this as part of your final thoughts. Just say that. Well, that's unfair. <laughs> um, okay, so...
1: The, do what the, you will. I have no, no
0: logic. See, I'm not like the little man in the lodge. I don't have a bunch of like rules. Just do what you want. Do what you, want.
1: Well, the, do what you uh, dig. The Continue. Becky and Steven of Kirsten Hayward, like uh, what I was talking about earlier with Twin Peaks and um, you know obviously Lynch is a, a fan of like doubles, doppelgangers. I'm not talking about doppelgangers, but we've seen um, any number of instances where characters have like you know, I wouldn't say flip sides, but um, I think in this 25 years later, we're seeing shades of duality which is, you know, par for any number of Lynch's, uh, Lynch projects. And I got to thinking about the Becky, someone, I think you had even mentioned that there's maybe a connection to like a Laura Palmer. And obviously Steven is like a poor man's like Bobby. And obviously we've, we've seen the Gersten Hayward who's affiliated with, not affiliated, but she's obviously Hayward. She's Donna's sister. My thinking is, is that we're seeing like a duality and inversion of that triangle from the original series between Laura James and Donna and or Laura, Bobby and Donna with these three particular characters and I think there would be a uh, there would be um some interesting, you know, revelations if they were able to go into that um, storyline but there's just they just they haven't we haven't spent too many time with these characters we've only seen Gerston Hayward one time we we just don't know a lot about their uh, Becky and Stephen's relationship other than you know physical abuse and drug abuse so maybe um, Gerson
0: hope... was included to somehow tie back to Donna then reveal that I Donna agree. is the mother of the Dickie Horn
1: yeah that's the one storyline yeah. that I think we might get some like narrative momentum within Twin Peaks, and I'm hoping because I do find it interesting, and I also think that uh, we're gonna get some more Carl Rod here soon, and I think he is going to play uh, some kind of role. I'm not, we were talking about Briggs with the giant, St. Carl, as you called him, which I think was very apt. I think that you know, he's going to play some kind of role when the shit comes down after Jackrabbit's palace. Like, either keeping the peace or somehow acting as, you know, a conduit or, uh, like I said, like an empath before. He's going to play some kind of integral role of keeping the shit together because I think he is akin to a log lady. And we know that he was with her in The Secret History of Twin Peaks when you know she went missing. He went missing as well, along with the third person. So I, just I hope he not doesn't get too close to
0: the fire. I agree he's going to end up going up there, going up to Jackrabbit's palace, or being some sort of connector that's really important. But he looks so much like a woodsman, you know what I mean? Like slap, by, <laughs> slap a woodsman hat on him, like put some soot on him. I hope he doesn't get to go to the other side. But I think maybe he'll, like, maybe die. I mean, I think I can see him giving his life. We keep thinking someone's going to die, uh, maybe Cole, maybe him, but I think he's a he's definitely going to be a, a key person in the next. Yeah, I think uh, Cole
1: will live. I think sense. it would either be Albert, Diane, or Tammy of the the Blue Rose Task Force team.
0: Well, all right. Do you have another thought? and Now are we are we at finally at to your final thought. That or was, was that's your final, final thought. That was, that was my it? final thought. Yeah, I mean,
1: I, I could keep going, but let's wrap it up. Well,
0: yeah. All right. Well, we'll we're going to do another episode in a couple days uh, when we finally watch episode thirteen or part thirteen. In the meantime, you guys can send us your questions, your feedback, your comments, all your ideas to choppingwoodinside at gmail.com, uh, or you can uh, connect to it with us on Twitter or Facebook. Um, you can also find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, Podcast Addict, a bunch of other platforms. So, uh, until next time, thanks for tuning in.